Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Eric, and with me is Kiwi and BP. Toot toot! <laughs> Hello! That's right, it's train game day. <laughs> Today we're going to be playing Mini Express, designed by Mark Garretts of Mini Rails and Steam Rollers, developed by Desnet Amane. David Wang, and Frank Liu. The artist was Chiami and Shogun. Which I think were two different people. It might be like a group like Mr. Cuddleton. That's what yeah, I was wondering. Yeah, it sounds like a group. It was published in 2021 by Moades. Mini Express is a strategic train game for one to five players where you and other wealthy capitalists manage four railroad companies. Through careful planning and ruthless execution, Players pioneer the Western expansion of the 19th century, century, vying for the most influential railroad baron and complete the transcontinental railroad. The mechanics are network and route building solo solitaire game. And the box art train. Yeah, it looks like your typical 19th century train station, right? With the new use of steel holding up a uh, glass enclosure with the engine coming in uh and this one has passenger um cars and a bunch of passenger on the uh there, there's also a platform. clock pointing to 10 10 and i always like anytime i see like because of all like the puzzle games we've done and just like <laughs> companies hiding like little like factoids messages. And messages and all of their like pictures and art and stuff. Anytime I see a clock, I'm always wondering like, is there meaning to the time they put it at? What what is that little symbol between Mini and Express? Uh, that's an engine. That's yeah, the I front think it, yeah, I think it's supposed to be like a, a yeah. logo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. logo, or maybe maybe it's like built out of steel because it also looks like an I beam, almost yeah. like a steel I beam mm -hmm. that they've kind of just like stylized into an engine. All right, uh, based on all this, would you pull it off a shelf, BP? Uh, uh, probably not. Just I feel like we've done so many railroad and capitalist games that just are end up being meh that I'm a little hesitant. I think. Yeah, capitalist uh, games. Yeah, a pipeline. Um, <laughs> yeah, I imagine this one's a little bit lighter, but mechanics wise, it's just network and route building, which is not always a favorite. So I guess we'll see. Mm -hmm. There's not really much else to go on other than, you know, capitalist railroad baron. If the box was an actual watercolor, because this is the era of watercolor in the 19th century, and Monet is actually pretty famous for uh, doing watercolors of railroads, you might get my attention. But yeah, the box art is just, I mean, it's nice, but it just, it has nothing to be like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. It's kind of um, bland. Yeah. So we played mini rails previously by Mark Garretts. And one of our complaints is, is we felt like there weren't enough trains in mini rails. Uh, and mini rails came with the mini express expansion. Um, and so we kind of played that first and then we're finally getting this to the table. Uh, so I, that would, I backed the Kickstarter because it was like, oh, it's an 18xx light game. And so I guess the answer to my question has to be yes, because I did, in fact, pick it up because I've always been. I think I said this during mini rails, too. I've always been intrigued by the idea of an 18xx game, but frightened by the length of time it is required to play it. I think we just need to jump in one day and play an 18xx. 
if we could do one that's like not uh, uh, a reasonable asynchronous, a reasonable yeah. six hour one or something. Oh my! Yeah. <laughs> And the crazy part is, is they have like tournaments at Gen Con where people just play 18xx games the entire con. Yeah, we saw that. Like, it was like the thing. train section. So BP, having remembered exactly how many rails right. worked, how do you think this one is played? Well, we have network route building, but we're trying to finish the Transcontinental Railroad. Gosh, we have like nothing to go off of. And I don't remember anything. I mean... I don't know. You said pipeline, so now I'm I'm thinking <laughs> about how we're gonna have a board. I think we're I mean, gonna have a board. We're gonna, yeah, and we're gonna want to complete a transcontinental railroad. But I feel like we're gonna have to somehow by I feel like there's gotta be an economics component into it. Definitely. There's gonna be some sort of share system where we're buying shares of train lines or something. I bet I bet despite being in the description, it has there's not going to be a transcontinental railroad. I bet we're going to have a grid. We're going to be trying to connect trains to cities and then buying stock in them or something. Like a pretty standard game. Um, pretty standard economic Hoping that uh, uh, like it's a good, like there's a bunch of good like interconnected train routes at the end. Because I remember that was, with mini rails, it was disappointing because it was like, uh, if you just build to the center or something, I don't remember. It wasn't. It, yeah, didn't, it, was, it was just discs. Yeah, it wasn't super That's satisfying. Right. Yeah. Um, so I hope we get to put little trains on a board. Uh, and what do you think happens at ten ten? Um, it's the ten ten to Yuma. <laughs> oh, actually, that movie was called the three ten to Yuma, but it's neither right. there nor there. Right. Uh, great, a great Russell Crowe flick. At ten ten, uh, everything stops moving and the railroad workers go on strike. All right, so the history of the 1010 to Yuma. So, as you love my segues, um, I did not realize it was going to be so capitalistic. I just knew there were trains involved. And so. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You didn't realize that a game about trains wasn't going to be capitalistic. I know, and I call myself an historian. Uh, But so, anyway, the history of trains, obviously in the 19th century, yes, capitalism will come into it. But. did you know that some of the earliest wagonways, so the predecessor to the actual like steam locomotive, which right, is the predecessor to our modern day trains, uh, were the ones that could be pulled by animals, right? On tracks. Correct. So just wagons. Um, there apparently is evidence of one being built around 2000 BCE in uh, Babylon. Like on rails and then just get pulled by animals? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm supposing it's going to have iron rails. Wait, iron? That's not even quite the Iron Age. Oh, because wouldn't I? Wasn't iron closer to 1100? You're asking the wrong person. Anyway, now I'm going to have to go find out about these early wagon ways. But uh, on the uh, other part, by the time you get to um, the late medieval renaissance period and you start have people mining for more ores especially in europe uh you'll more readily have those types of wagonways and then of course the first steam engine being um invented in the uh late 1700s and then attached to locomotives by the early 1800s with the first uh railway in england established in 1825 and pretty much after that 
uh, it was on because it was the Industrial Revolution. Plus, uh, by the late 1800s, steel would replace iron and also be able to provide much more stable tracks because, of course, some of the really early trains um, the brakes, the tracks, like you would have all kinds of accidents, explosions, all types of right. Um, uh, dangerousness going on. Um, it, it, it does specify that almost as soon as the Stevenson rocket, which was one of the first, uh, locomotives to make the line, uh, it was the Stockton and Darlington railway line um, that as soon as that went off, right, because it was a, a period of right early rise in capitalism and much more investment in all of these larger technologies, uh, it soon created the stock market bubble. Uh, of the of the 19th century. And in fact, the railroads within the U.S. were funded mostly by uh, British and other European um, investors. Uh, so really, even like the U.S. Transcontinental Railroad uh, was funded by European investment and in European money. And then, of course, also with the industrialization, uh, you'll also see in the 19th century imperialism follow pretty much along those heels. Um, in some of my classes, you can trace both of those types of systems back to the 1600s, but I won't lecture too long on this. Um, but so where you see a lot of European imperialism in the 19th century, you'll also see the uh, kind of importation of railways. So South Asia, parts of East Asia, where um, especially England and France and Germany would have uh, influence into Southeast Asia, but also in China. Uh, the one place, of course, that Europeans did not um, significantly colonized in that period of time was Japan. And so it would be in the early part of the 1900s as Japan was going on its own imperialistic uh, ventures uh, that they would build some of their early railroads. And they, uh, in fact, it is Japan, I believe, that had the very first um, high-speed railroad opening in 1964. And so kind of the kind of history of trains is that after the initial period in the late 19th and early 20th century with steam locomotives, uh, by the end of World War II, you would have diesel and gas, of course, replace that. And by the 1980s and later, you would start to have the more uh, right electric light rail and high speed trains. Um, the U.S. actually does have one. Uh, when we're ready to go watch hockey in Boston, we can take one up. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's one that goes along the East Coast corridor. Um, and there's, of course, a lot of advocacy for trying to invest in high speed railways because they do they are more efficient and cut back on greenhouse gas e emissions, uh, which brings up that the last uh, steam locomotive to run as a not as a like kind of a touristy type thing, but as a mainline railroad uh, was Mongolia. It ended in 2005. Hmm. I, uh, I vaguely remember, I think when we did mini rails, uh, we talked about where that you could still ride on steam engines. Mm -hmm. I remember it because Eric had brought up that there's like, I know the Southwest, they're pretty into their steam locomotives. There's a train museum in Chandler. I've never been. 
Oh, well, I feel like you're missing out. <laughs> mm -hmm. we'll, we'll have to schedule a visit. See if it's still yeah. <laughs> There you go. All right, great. No capitalism. Well, um, let's bring the capitalism back, shall we? Uh, well. And in doing so, we are railroad barons. So by- Can I be Vanderbilt? You can be whoever you want. Can I be the train? Uh, we- <laughs> 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 I choo choo choose you get it because it has a train on it. Um, we are we are railroad barons buying shares in the companies expanding across the United States and using our influence to help them build their tracks. The most recent player to ride on a train is the starting player. I figured that would be it. And yeah. I'm pretty sure it's going to be Eric. Uh, we were on a train today. Oh, that's right. We were on a train today. Oh, Metro. We Sorry, Metro. Eric. All right. So on a player's turn, they must take one of two actions. You can either take a share. So you're going to choose one of the uh, four companies that has at least one share available. Decrease your influence with that company by the amount of trains in their track space. And then take a... Uh, share from that company's area and then add three trains of that color, company's color from the general supply to its track space up to a max of five. If there are ever no trains left in a company's general supply, remove all the remaining shares from the game uh, of the company uh, from the game and they are depleted. You can still prep. No, they're just not offering shares anymore. Mm -hmm. And you can still build tracks with that company, but they no longer take shares. Mm -hmm. So your, that's your first option is take a share. Your second option is build track. So you're going to choose a company that can reach a legal destination. So oh, what is legal destination? What is it? And I, it's legal more in the not in the like murdery kind of way, but legal and more <laughs> of the it is per the rules. So uh, it has to be a new market. So you cannot build into a city that that uh, already has track from that company. So if the orange rail goes into Chicago, you can't build back into Chicago with the orange company. Oh. So they can only have one track going into each uh, city. So you can't monopolize. Correct. Uh, it has to have room. So each city has a capacity limit of companies. So each city will have like a border. So gold bordered cities can have three companies, silver two, and black can have one. Uh, and it also has to be close enough. So there, you have to have enough trains in the company's asset area to reach and include the destination city. You're then going to place one train per hex on the shortest route. And you don't have to start from another city. You can branch off from a non-city hex. Uh, and you cannot pass through other city hexes. So like I can't pass through Chicago to get to Detroit. I have to go around Chicago in order to get to Detroit. Uh, and I cannot choose to take the long way around. So you have to take the shortest route always. Hmm. Um, for each hex you build track that contains uh, track of another company, that company adds one track from the general supply to their asset area. Um, and you're going to increase the value of the company that you just built track for by the number of non-city hexes where track was just built. So if it takes you four hexes to get to Chicago, Chicago is one of those four, that fourth hex, that company's value would go up or track value would go up by three because you built in three non-city hexes. Uh, advance the company's marker on the track length chart by that value. If it reaches 15, then it's at the max and we don't move it anymore. And then finally, increase your influence in the companies of the color indicated by the demand tile in the destination city. So there's going to be a demand tile. It'll have um, two sides. If it has both the same color, you'll just increase your influence with that color company twice. It could have two different companies. And so you'll each you'll go up one in each of those companies. And then there's purple, which is wild. And you get to pick whatever company you want, including 
the company that could possibly be already on that demand tile. Um, and then if the city has reached its limit, its capacity, we're going to remove the demand tile to let other people know, hey, you can't go into that city anymore. After a player finishes their action, the in-game trigger is checked. So if two companies with depleted shares, so they have no shares in the asset area, we finish out the round so that each player gets the same number of turns and the in-game scoring is taken. So the value of each share is affected by track length and a player's influence. So the more influence a player has, the more their shares are worth. And if a player has zero influence with a company, their shares are worth zero victory points. So each company, so based on the, the track length, it'll say like, hey, if you're a track length 10, if you have the most influence at this company, you'll get the, each of your shares is worth this much. If you have the second most, it's worth this much. And third and any other, it's worth this much. But you have to have influence in that company in order for your shares to be worth anything. The player with the most points is the winner with ties going to the player with the fewest shares. And then if it's still broken or still tied, it's broken by the player closest to the start player <laughs> being the winner, which guarantees a winner. There are no ties. Someone will be the most capitalist capitalist. And those are all the rules. Choo choo. We just finished a game of Mini Express. To recap, uh, Kiwi had 55 wood points. I had 58 fur points and BP won with 78 cotton points. Uh, winning strategy BP. Free stocks. Free stocks. Kiwi just yeah. giving you the free stocks. Mm -hmm. But I also think it was smart. You at the beginning, you would let us build and then you were just like, I only have zero. I'll just take this influence loss and grab mm -hmm. it. So you grab stock early and then you benefited from grabbing free stock, free stocks. Yeah. Which later in the game, I definitely thought about. Yeah. Like, do I want to do this? Did you? But I wanted to occasionally. <laughs> and, but usually, usually it was like, I want influence more than I am. Cause I was trying right. to chase Eric up silver and brown and oh, orange. I was just watching you constantly giving her every round came around. She was like, I want to do this <laughs> yeah. other thing, but I have a free stock. And I was like, what is he doing? Yeah. yeah. And then orange, like I was trying to avoid building orange track because I didn't want orange to go up. Cause I knew that Eric had a bunch of yeah. influence in orange. I didn't want his stocks to be worth more. And then I was trying to push the wood stock up because that's where I had, mm -hmm. but then I forgot that I had more silver stock, stock than I had yeah. brown stock. So, or wood stock. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was desperately hoping BP would build a train so I could get some stock, but <laughs> it never <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I mean, I'm sure we'll get to it under mechanics, but it does seem like just going in the same order the whole time. If there was a way to have switched that, I feel like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. That's which I think is how the other version of this game went. Like you swapped turn order a lot. Uh, so theme, did you feel like we were uh, building trains, the kind of transcontinental train training? No, but I definitely got the stocky element. There, there were like points where I was like, oh, I kind of wish this was Raccoon Tycoon. <laughs> You know, because there's that, except with Raccoon Tycoon, I, what I love about that as that stock element is that you can you can then crash the stocks too for other people, which there wasn't that element than this necessarily. Yeah. 
But I, I felt the capitalist. I mean, I, I will say that we were definitely saying, like, I'm going to build from Chicago to here. I'm going to you know do this. We talked about, you know, have we hit the transcontinental yet? And then, mm-hmm. you know, there was a small, like, small amount of jubilation when we realized, yay, we finally did it, connecting Miami to Seattle. Mm-hmm. So I think there was a little bit in the theme there. But I think mechanically, the theme doesn't come out. The theme came out in the board and trying to connect to cities. And we did use the city names. And, you know, sometimes we would use the resource name and sometimes we would use the company color. Um, so kind of go in and out from the theme there. But I felt like it was a lot stronger than it was in mini rails when it was just disks mm. and there were no city names. Yeah, I agree with that. It, it I like. Yeah, like putting the train, building the routes was fun. Um, I think what BP kind of alluded to with some rules confusion was like, it would have maybe been more fun if we were trying to like connect supply and demand maybe. Um, It would have been a little bit more thought. The train part was good. I feel like the stock and the influence or whatever was sort of detached though. It's just sort of like a, here's some Mm -hmm. economics mechanics. Also, you get to place trains. You know, I mean, what you could do, because like since the track, the 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 trade demand is random when it gets placed out, what you could do is, and now we're getting more into rules, but you could just say like, hey, if you take a company into a space that the trade demand is there, you get an additional influence with that company. So you still can take mm-hmm. other companies in there and get some of the benefits, but you could get extra benefits by taking that by matching that matching. Yeah, because you wouldn't want to say like, oh, you can only take a specific train based on the trade because based on the randomness of the trade Mm. demand, you could end up with companies that just can't go anywhere. I guess. I don't know. I like BP said, I feel like just raccoon tycoon with the way like the supply and demand ebbs and Mm -hmm. flows just feels a little bit more like a market. From what I understand from like regular like real 18xx games is you do have the opportunity to just take over a company and tank it mm-hmm. like sell off all of its assets like yeah but I, I feel like for that supply part though like i guess like my confusion and like the thing is is if if this town is like hey build a railroad here we need this you know commodity and i feel like then if you are the entrepreneur you want to be the one who's bringing that commodity right. to the where the demand is and so i feel like for economics it actually like when you then think about economics and supply chain economics like sorry there's the educator in me mm-hmm. that's that that would be what you're then trying to do and you're trying to to teach in this obviously it's not an teaching game but uh table presence um it was kind of i mean (laughs) i feel like if you're into trains it's it's okay like the map is a little bit busy but i think it's meant to be kind of that busy Mm -hmm. since it's just hexes and moves around i will say that at the end of this game looking at our board i'm a lot more satisfied with the you know 45 minutes that we spent playing sure i'm a lot more satisfied with what we made at the end yeah, compared to the mini rails. Mini rails, definitely. Yep. This is a better table presence. Um, is it better than like you know Ticket to Ride, which that's what I was sort thinking. Of like your yeah. most train. known, yeah, not really a train game, but kind of a trainish game. You know, map of U.S. with trains going, tracks going across it, like. And then the actual physical copy on the back of this board is Europe, and then they've got expansions for like Taiwan, Japan, 
in other places. So I guess mechanics we kind of discussed, but uh, what did you think? I thought the the influence piece was interesting and like that's what you were spending in order to get stocks unless you were BP and then I just gave her free ones. <laughs> but Because uh, you had to be smart about when do you take stock and when mm-hmm. do you build track and uh, or just get screwed like Eric did. So I thought that that piece was interesting. The limitations on where you could build track and how each company got track. So like you had to invest in that company by stock in order for that company. So like you were basically giving them trains, trains, like you were buying that stuff. So like mechanically, like it worked in my mind, but now like I didn't think it was anything super crazy. I mean, I guess in that case, then you'd go back to just the color of the company. And then it just seems like then where are the commodities? I don't know. Yeah. It it really weren't commodities, right? It was just, I think by putting a commodity on them made it confusing. Yeah. Right. Agreed. Um, I think it had just been train lines going to locations. Yeah. Because then you get rid of that whole supply demand out of your mind because it's not really how it works. It's just influence over a rail line, I guess. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I like the, I guess, get stock, replenish. Like, it did make you have to make a choice sometimes um, of like, oh, okay, well, I got to. My thing is I knew, like, turn one, I was like, I'm supposed to do some math right now and figure out what I should be doing. I don't want to do math. <laughs> and so uh, it's one of those games where I knew I should be making some calculations to be like, okay, well, I need to get more stock because my influence is high. This rail line is high, but I just didn't do that. I'm starting to wonder if maybe as much as I want to try an 18xx game, I think I would have, you have to have the right group Mm -hmm. of people that want to like do that kind of stuff. I I think the thing is I'd go into an 18xx like with my spreadsheets ready. (laughs) I'd I'd go into it knowing what I'm getting into, right? I think this was a little bit more math than I was like, you know, I just wanted to put trains on a board today (laughs) um which it did accomplish that uh and then uh, other than that it's just the i think bp said like something to change turn order because it it was another was it uh momiji the one where bp didn't want to like spend money for leaf cards or something oh yeah i think i don't remember what that was like it it was kind of that same Uh, like cycle right and it's like i can't Mm -hmm. blame her like she's making the Free free stock comes up. You got to take the free stock, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's the move. So it's not like you know it's your fault, but um, right. make the game frustrating in a way I don't think it was meant to be. Uh, rules, <laughs> um, learning the game. I guess supply and demand. Yeah, I mean, I think um, when you are presented, you know, and and for a while um, we had on, uh, we have a third screen, right. And so for a while on that third screen, we just had like, what are your options? Uh, but then there were still some questions. So I don't think, I mean, it definitely within a couple rounds, like could, we could figure it out, but I don't think it's intuitive by any means. Yeah. And I think, um, and it came up kind of what, four or five turns in, I think, uh, where we had all done four or five turns at mm-hmm. that point where you were like, oh, you don't have to match the trains to the supply and the man. I think right. that gets back to the discussion we were having before where if the trade things were just like, you know, half of it was just all orange and mm-hmm. half of it was all some other color. And even for the wild, you could make it purple or you could make it, you know, a kind of a spiral of all the colors or right. something. Uh, I think it would have been a lot 
easier to like get out of your head. Like this, this isn't a supply and demand thing. You know, Atlanta is not demanding cotton and fur. Right. They just want a company to come to the city. Right. So that's, and this is who has influence in that city, regardless of who shows up. So I think I would kind of word it like that if I was going to teach the game again. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that was kind of the only thing. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously it takes a little a few turns to figure out the whole, like, should I get influence? Should I get stock kind of thing? Yeah. But, uh, it's that economy piece of what's yeah. worth more. And there was a, definitely a shift kind of about halfway through the game where you like one becomes more important than the other as mm-hmm. you get closer and closer to end game. So there's there's a good bit of ad, like admin to remember. It's like, okay, refresh trains here. Mm-hmm. These trains cross paths, add more train. So, I mean, I yeah. think that's, uh, I don't know if there's one in the actual game, but like it's just a, you know, little reminder sheet, I guess would have been helpful. And I think there might be. <sighs> yeah. Have it downstairs. I haven't. Yeah. And I was just thinking of another kind of complexity of it, too, is, I mean, I remember some of my turns when I was really thinking of building trains, like, okay, like, but can I connect these pieces here? And then what happens if I go through these colors? Like, do I really? I don't know. I think, again, it it's not a very approachable game unless you really are a calculating player. Like, this is not going to be a game for someone who just wants something to sit down and be light with. Every move is going to require not just do I have one of two things, but even when you're doing the one thing, like, how do I want that to work? What is going to benefit me most and not necessarily other players? I think I I was I was going to say mechanically light, but strategically heavy Uh, player interaction. I mean, I guess it depends. Uh, I think. BP and I were thinking a bit more interactive on how your move will affect the next person in the order. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was, was playing to his own strategy a bit more. <laughs> but I mean, other than like, well, I don't want to burn too many trains. Well, I'll build a different rail. I don't think I was paying too much attention to what everyone was doing. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, and I, I think this is one of those games where it's like, I think Eric said it in the past where a lot of times when a game has solo play, mm. you don't really, sometimes the interaction might not always be there. And there were maybe like two or three times where like I connected a city and then BP was like, I was going to connect that city, mm-hmm. but it didn't happen enough for like me to say like, oh yeah, that's definitely an interactive game. Okay. That being said, like other players' choices are kind of tied to your success and or failure. You know, I put BP in a position where she was able to get a bunch of free stocks for one company that then gave her 40 points at the end of the game. Cause I was also building out that track because it gave me the influence in companies that I wanted. And I think Eric is right. I was definitely playing to my own strategy mm-hmm. and didn't really start thinking about where other people were until about halfway through the game. And by then it was a little bit too late for mm-hmm. me to like make adjustments to like hurt other players I mean, I don't think her, I see, I don't think there's that much take that in this, which would add some more interaction, but it's like, okay, I can see where Eric is on this influence tracker. Do I really want to up that necessarily? No, but do I know that I, I mean, cause I kept trying to get some more influence in some of the other trackers that I was incredibly low in, but I mean, again, and then it comes down to halfway through the game, 
I mean, I was still trying, but apparently it didn't matter that right. I was so low in some of those. Right. Yeah, it, everything you do is interacting, like affecting other players, but I don't know that you really worry about it too much, I guess, is yeah. the takeaway. But it, 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 the turns do move pretty quickly, too, so. All right, uh, would you play it again, Kiwi? I think I would. I, I liked it. I was actually thinking of Ticket to Ride, and then you, uh, I think, Eric, you brought it up. I would r rather play this over Ticket to Ride, just because I think there's a little bit more depth um, Ticket to Ride does have that benefit of being a great game to play with someone. And if they've never really played board games before, this is not a game I would use as like an intro to board games, uh, just because while mechanically light, it is kind of strategically and thought heavy. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I liked the building, the track and the thought that you have to put into, you know, what do I want to do in order to maximize my benefits and not help other players trying to help them as little as possible mm -hmm. yeah uh i know i'd probably just play raccoon tycoon for like a mm -hmm. marketing game um i still want a good route builder that i like but I, I don't know i haven't really found one that appeals to me that much um i, I just like putting trains on the map that's, that's kind of all i wanted to do <laughs> i kind of got annoyed when i had to worry about the stock part of it uh bp uh, I am. I would much rather play Ty Raccoon Tycoon as well. Um, it's prettier. Uh, I feel like it's much more interactive, and I think it's much more of that markety economic piece. So yeah, um, I feel like if there's going to be a route builder that also gets into supply chain and the economics, I mean, this isn't necessarily it. And. Uh, yeah, there's just not a lot of table presence to draw me in anymore. All right, uh, that was Mini Express. So if you have any recommendations of games you would like to hear our impressions on, just send them our way. You can do so via email. We are at firstturntabletop at Gmail or Twitter and Instagram. Our account is at firstturncast. And the podcasting camel says, choo-choo. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatchers. We look forward to hearing from you. Play more games. I think what we have is fur, steel, wood, oh. and I'm assuming cotton. Possibly popcorn? It could also be a peacock. <laughs> so I could buy more white stock and it would cost me nothing? Correct. Well, free stock. Uh, BB. I'm going for a free orange. Okay. Man, see, it's just so hard when there's like a thing yeah, for a free, free stock. stock. That's, yeah, that's the only move to take. Like, I'm going to. Oh, I could go for that last free stock and trigger. <laughs>